This is the Good News Report, where we look past the fear-mongering of the establishment media to hear of all of the victories being won on a daily basis. Let's begin. This is a brand new segment of the Matei Murda podcast, the good news segment. I am grateful that you're here. We are going to be only talking about good news happening, not just here in America, but across the world. And I wanted to bring this to you because there's so much negativity everywhere. Fear is what motivates the media. It's what drives headlines. It's what sells newspapers. It is what gets the clicks on Twitter. But I want to change that. There's always so much good going on in the world, battles being won, victories being achieved. And that is something that I want to highlight through these segments. So we are only going to be talking about good, positive things on this segment. And I'm glad you're joining me today. So the first good portion of news for you today is the Finnish parliamentarian who was found not guilty of hate speech after tweeting out a Bible verse. This this is a pretty crazy story because, as I've said for years, because this whole shenanigans out in Finland has been going on for years. I've always said that it's going to be setting a precedent, not just the people of Finland, but indeed those countries within the European Union. So I wanted to read from Alliance Defending Freedom or or ADF International, great organization. I have been privileged to get to know a couple of their staff from my dealings within the UN. As such, I wanted to read portions of their article with regards to this case. Says November 14th, 2023, in a victory for free speech, the Helsinki Court of Appeal has dismissed all charges against Finnish Member of Parliament Pavi Rasan and Lutheran Bishop Johanna Pahola, who are both tried for hate speech in August, having publicly expressed their Christian beliefs. Rasan, Finland's former interior minister, was formally charged with, quote, agitation against a minority group in 2021 under a section of the Finnish criminal code titled War Crimes and Crimes Against Humanity, for sharing her Christian beliefs on marriage and sexual ethics, 2019 tweet, as well as a 2019 live radio debate and 2004 church pamphlet. Bishop Mohola was charged for publishing Rasan's 2004 pamphlet. The case has garnered global media attention as human rights experts voice concern over the threat posed to free speech. I am deeply relieved the court has fully endorsed and upheld the decision of the district court, which recognized everyone's right to free speech, Pahavi stated after her victory. It isn't a crime to tweet a Bible verse or to engage in public discourse with a Christian perspective. The attempts made to prosecute me for expressing my beliefs have resulted in an immensely trying four years, but my hope is that the result will stand as a key precedent to protect the human right to free speech. I sincerely hope other innocent people will be spared the same ordeal for simply voicing their convictions at Arasan, the former Finnish minister and grandmother of 11. In a unanimous, that's very important to understand, a unanimous ruling that upheld the district court's March 22 unanimous acquittal, the court dismissed the arguments of the state prosecutor. It found that, quote, it has no reason on the basis of the evidence received at the main hearing to assess the case in any respect differently from the district court. There is therefore no reason to alter the results of the district court's judgment. 
the prosecution could appeal a final time to the Supreme Court with the deadline of January 15th of 2024. This is fascinating. I, I love reading through legal documents and discourse, and it's fascinating to read that certain opinions about the Bible are now deemed criminal and others are not. So as soon as you give way, and this is why I'm so excited and, and proud of Pavi for standing up, is that if you give way to one or two basic principles of the Bible, being allowed to be deemed criminal by a secular court, then anything goes. And so her standing is not just standing for herself, it's standing for her country, and it's also setting precedent globally. How incredible is that? Next up, we have Argentina. I'm sure you have seen this in the news. Just this week, Argentina has voted in a brand new president who is incredibly outspoken on his pro-life and pro-family beliefs. He's also incredibly anti-establishment, which is great. There's actually this great clip of him that's going viral right now. And it, I mean, it's been going viral for quite a while, actually. It's of him standing in front of a whiteboard. And there are a bunch of little sticky notes on it. And it, and it says Department of Education, Department of Science and Technology, Department of Women and Equity and whatever, all these other, other departments. And he just rips one off and says gone, rips one off and says out and gone and out. And and it's it's fascinating to watch because there is this huge swing. The pendulum, and you have to understand this is how politics goes all of the time. Sometimes it goes at a faster pace, sometimes a little bit slower. But what we're seeing is that the pendulum has swung so far to the left that it has to course correct and come back the other way. So we're seeing various nations vote in or warm up to at least many, many conservative politicians or political parties and ideals. But what's interesting to note is that, for example, here in the United States, it's not just the politicians that people are gravitating towards. It's actually the rebirth of conservatism happening within the home and the desire to live according to Judeo-Christian values within the home. And that is what is sparking this desire for conservatism in the political sphere. And I hope that's happening across the world. I've been hearing bits and pieces from various individuals in different countries where there is this right-wing swing occurring, maybe not all the way to the point of Argentina, where they now have this great president in place. We'll see what he does. I always, my rule of thumb is you wait a year and a half to see if they fulfill any of their election promises. But I am very excited and very encouraged. It also kind of set a standard because, you know what, for for anybody who calls it a third world country, that being Argentina, they count on nearly 100% of its 32 million ballots in a day. And yet it took over a week for the state of Arizona to count a mere, what was it, 2, 2.5 million? I've been involved in elections for a very long time, at least in my short life. And to see this, it's like, come on, America. <laughs> It shouldn't take you this long to count, or Canada. It shouldn't take you this long to count. But yet, here we are. Congratulations, Argentina. Next up, Connor Tomlinson on Twitter. He's a great account to follow, so I encourage you to do so. But he announced that there is a parliamentary petition over in Britain to appoint a minister for men and boys to address the soaring rates and mental health issues, suicide, and it's amongst a slew of other issues men are currently facing. And I didn't know how to take this initially because there's all everywhere now there's these there's ministers of women and girls and women, girls and equity and diversity. I love how it's always 
equity and diversity is always mashed in within the women and girls ministerial departments. I've always thought it was wrong that there was one for specifically just for women. And this stems all the way back to Hillary Clinton, where she years, decades ago was at the UN, I believe it was 1994, 1996, was at the UN and for first time it really became popularized through her that there were a separation in human rights. There were women's rights and there were men's rights. And they don't call them men's rights, they just label it all as the patriarchy. But for that, that's kind of sparked across the globe this this inching towards having a feminist dominance within not just society, but especially within our governments. And that's now, for example, Canada has reached this 50% of the cabinet is women and all these different issues. And look at how terrible Canada is doing at the moment. Nothing against women. I love being a woman. But there is something to say for men leading the charge. And this sounds like a somewhat of a good idea. I actually think that this ministerial department for men's, men and boys should not come into full fruition. I actually think we should merely a committee, but and we should also get rid of any ministerial departments regarding women and girls. That is just my opinion. Next up, we have the U.S. Army, which is begging sol soldiers, which were kicked out for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. They're begging them to return to work. And this was just bound to happen because of how few military personnel we actually have now. And I know, I actually know a few of these soldiers who they weren't necessarily, some of them were kicked out, some of them actually left on their own fruition, but I commend them for standing up to all of these unjust mandates that were placed upon them. They were, it's so unfair, you know, there's, there's all this talk of tolerance and fairness in society now. And, and yet when somebody decides to do something for their own body <laughs> or stand up for what they believe in, and it's not within the realm of groupthink, then they're harassed, they're kicked out of their jobs, they're demeaned, and yet who has the upper hand in this whole story? It's actually those soldiers who took a stand and refused to capitulate to the system. So way to go, guys. And second to that, I did this whole little category of just COVID-19 updates. And this is something that we have to keep before our eyes because it is of such significance. It is so important because it was the rattling and the beginnings of really experiencing what these globalists want in a global society. And that is complete totalitarian rule, complete tyranny. So second to that, the New York Times actually came out stating that this COVID-19 school closures, they stated, quote, they were the most damaging disruption to kids' education the United States has ever experienced. Like, whoa. So that's the New York Times, you guys. And I think so many parents, even in these organizations like New York Times, and I'm not, I don't know any personally, but it's, I know how the system works. I know how these people, for people to really report on truth, they have to actually feel the pain themselves. And so I think that is why, part in part anyway, why the story was published. And even better to yet, thanks to the work of the Democracy Fund up in Canada, the city of Calgary has dropped all of its charges against Without Papers Pizza. And this is a Calgary pizzeria owner who served unvaccinated customers during the government's lockdown. So way to go. I am, it was bizarre in Canada to live through 
that craziness that was the government lockdowns. I remember attending church services and sneaking in the back door and then going through the front door and locking them behind us and then having police outside and and then being a journalist and covering it all. It was it was bizarre, but I was grateful to uh, I'm so grateful to see all these charges being dropped especially for my fellow Canadians. I'm so proud of you. And it actually restored a lot of faith in in my fellow countrymen because I grew up in Canada and to see just how socialistic the country was when I was a kid and then how it's been inching towards another ism, uh, it's, it's encouraging for even me to see. So way to go. Next up, we have the German authorities who have raided several properties linked to groups that are suspected of promoting Hezbollah's ideology. And this one got me. And I people are like, why is that good news? Um, have you seen what is happening in London, England? Have you seen what's happening in Germany and throughout European Union nations and throughout EU nations where so many attacks, like Sweden is probably the percolation of everything bad that is happening in the EU. Just look at what's happening in Malmo, Sweden. It is insane. The amount of violent attacks. And I don't just mean like, knife attacks. I mean like machete attacks <laughs> occurring against and rapes against the citizens of those nations. It's it's quite bizarre. So I'm happy to see these kind of raids happening because it's been far too long. It has been far too long. When you look at the totality of what these countries have been doing in the name of multiculturalism, in the name of economic dominance, in the name of tolerance even, it's actually not serving them. It's harming not just their economies, but it's harming them and their cultures and societies. One of my friends, Reverend Calvin Robinson, says it this way. And I'm going to paraphrase here. So sorry, Calvin. It's good to have multi-ethnic societies, but to have a multicultural society is not good. And there's a plethora of reasons for that. And I know the arguments against that whole statement. But in order to have cohesiveness in a society, you have to have the same culture. doesn't matter about ethnicity, but you have to have a willingness to come together around a collective culture. And that is what binds us together. And that's what even strengthens a nation further to that of having strong families. So I was happy to see this because it means the German government actually understands the threat and it understands that it has to take action. I think it's far overdue, but... Nonetheless, it is happening. Next up, we have President Trump, who has won his court case in Colorado, which it would have prevented him from being on the 2024 presidential ballot. The The clause that the judge had an issue with and ordered against was the so-called insurrection clause, which that would have prevented him from being on the ballot. So any Trump voters out there, you now have a chance to vote for President Trump. Next up, we have Representative Thomas Massey's amendment to end gain-of-function research funding. It's passed the the Congress, and it's it's insane to use taxpayer dollars to create um, a blueprint for the next pandemic, and that's exactly what this gain-of-function fu research funding uh, was producing. And so he wants to put a stop to it, which I I totally support. No gain-of-function research should be conducted. 
nor should it be funded by the government. So way to go, Thomas Massey. Next up is Canada, another point of Canada. The federal court has overturned Trudeau's single-use plastic ban, which means that you could actually start to see the return of plastic straws to your favorite dining establishments very soon. This may not be a big deal, and it's not really a big deal. If you look at it from the outside, and you're just like, it's a, it's a single-use plastic ban that was reversed. Like, who cares? I take it any time the, the Trudeau government or Trudeau himself gets called out for something, it is a point of pleasure for myself. He has destroyed our country, and I'm so happy to see another one of his disastrous, stupid, stupid policies being overturned. And, you know, I think he's the prime minister with the most ethics complaints and charges against him. But yet, the, whenever the ethics commissioner, I mean, there's this green slush fund up in Canada that was funding ministers' organizations. And so it's just like, seriously, the ethics commissioner called for an investigation. And every time that they call these investigations, it's like, he, he, there's there's nothing that comes out of it other than a news story. So anyway, anything to destroy this guy's record. <laughs> I don't even care at this point. He's a terrible, terrible prime minister. But this is this is a good thing. So yet another thing against Trudeau. Way to go, guys. Next up, Transatlantic Summit was held in New York City at the United States. I was going to be attending, but due to unfortunate circumstances, I could not. So I attended from afar. And it was one of the most encouraging things that I have seen, if not the most encouraging thing I've seen within the United Nations. There was this incredible speech by Sam Zatachorge from Uganda. He's a member of parliament. He's also the deputy ranking communications and member public accounts committees. He gave this fantastic speech about protecting the pre-born, defending the family, sovereignty. It was it was just a great speech and he referenced so many of the UN's documents. And that is what the UN halls should be filled with is this talk of defending that which every society holds dear. Since the beginning of time, the family and life and faith is what societies have held most dear, and yet the UN seeks to destroy all of them. And so to hear the halls of the UN being filled with such language coming from the Transatlantic Summit, which is put on by the Political Network for Values, I encourage you to go follow them on Twitter, it was so encouraging, and I can't thank the the PNV enough for all of their tireless work in putting this incredible meeting together. And finally, the Sisters for Life in New York has declared victory in their lawsuit against the government, those officials who wanted access to sensitive internal documents within their organization. And this stems from a June 2022 law out of New York that targets life-affirming pregnancy centers for government investigation. And in the Sister of and in the Sister of Life v. McDonald, it completely faltered. Very excited to see yet another court case being won on the side of the just. And and a bunch of these, I know some, a lot of these were court cases that I'm reporting on, and that wasn't even intentional, but I wanted to show you that even though you may see a headline that is incredibly negative and people say democracy, like all these conservatives, I am a conservative, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway, conservatives will always be the doom and gloomers. It's like, oh my gosh, look at what they're doing to democracy. Ah. And it's ridiculous. Because if you actually follow up on these court cases where everybody's screaming and they say America's dead, America's done with, you look at the court cases and it's like, no, 
no, there's actually victories here and we need to celebrate that because it means that that our, our system is working. And for all these people who say the Constitution or the Bill of Rights need to be reformed, they're from the truth. It is fascinating and exciting to watch what is actually happening in this country. Yes, there is a lot of negative news lines, I understand, but we can rejoice over the victories and use them to fuel our fire in defense of all things good and pure and true. With that, thank you for listening to this segment of the Matea Murda podcast. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Instagram at the Matea Murda podcast. You can also support the show over on Cash App and PayPal at Matea Murda. I am grateful for each and every one of you. Until next time, take care.